Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Well, good morning and welcome to the Jesus and Paula show featuring Jesus Christ and Paula Price, of which I am neither. Welcome, welcome to Paula Ashley, the opening act of the Paula Price show. And I tell you what, this last week has literally been a whirlwind of revelation, teaching, training, and I'll tell you what, preparation. This is a preparation, hard reset, get a grip, not just on yourself, but get a grip on the Lord, his mind, and where he is. And so as you're watching on Facebook today, you're watching on YouTube, and we're live all over the place, I want you to share these streams, share these broadcasts right now. We are continuing today with where we are going in this hard reset, where God is taking us. And what's different about this is as saints, we're used to being passive, are we? In our Christianity, the word comes forth. Whoa, wow, that was deep. Oh, man, that was amazing. Whoa, God really spoke. He really moved. We fell out all over the place. But in this quarantine state where we don't have the hype, we don't have the band, you know, playing maybe through your sound system, your own personal praise and worship moment. We don't have the preacher walking across the stage and working us up and doing all these things. And this is when we really have to only deal with God. We can't hide out in the congregation, hide out in the numbers. I'm just here to sit in the back and get a word, come late to church, don't really talk to anybody on your way out of the door, and just go back to your life. Now, at least for myself, I will talk about me for just a minute. Everywhere you turn, there is the Lord, and that is a very wonderful thing, but that's also a very awesome thing, awe-inspiring. Oh, God, is everywhere I turn. And so what I want us to do with this hard reset is I want you to join me in having your own hard reset notebook. I've decided to dedicate one thing to capturing all of my notes for what Dr. Price is rolling out and then what the Lord is saying to me in between times or instructions about this hard reset. She has said over and over, especially if you watched last night, the world is not going to be the same on the other side of this. So we need to get it out of our heads that we're going to wake up from this very bad dream and everything is just going to go back to normal. Whatever that was, that is not going to happen. So you can tell yourself now it's not going to happen. She broke it down, why it isn't going to happen, why it even shouldn't happen. So uh, I encourage you to start going back from last Thursday and then Sunday's sermon, bless the Lord, and then rolling over into Monday where she knocked out of the park the 2020 Global Apocalyptic Prayer Project. What? 
this is where we are. And as we know, and she brought it forward last uh, last night, Prophet Smear on the Prophet Circle brought it forward on Tuesday, where we are, what we face, taking the lead. And that would be taking God's lead, taking our lead from him. Where does he want us to go with this? What does he have in mind on the other side of this? And if we are just waiting for happy days are here again, the way we remember them, you're going to be in for a very rude awakening on the other side of this, whatever the other side is, whatever this ends up becoming. God is just getting started. (laughs) And that's what we have to understand. He is just getting started. We are a nation that has been, those of us who are under 45 years old, (laughs) we've been in the U.S. pretty much in peacetime. I'm not talking about the absence of, there's obviously gangland warfare, we've had shootings, we have had a lot, but we have not had a continental warfare state from coast to coast where everything in between is affected, shut down, assaulted. And so if this is a hard reset in our minds. I mean, there are people walking around, talking about, what, what is happening in Christendom? What, what do you mean we can't go to our churches? How are we supposed to, and, and on and on and on it goes, because in our psyche, it's just not there. To people on the planet and in our nation who are older, the boomers, the baby boomers, then they remember different, a different America than the one that I know. They remember that, which is why even the older generation is like, oh, you'll be okay. I mean, you ever notice how when you talk to someone who maybe your your parents or your grandparents, depending on their age group, and they're kind of laid back about this. Oh, we we yeah, we've been through it, but we in my age group, like, no, you have to be. <laughs> oh no, no, like, eh, it's okay, it's okay. But we have got to understand that this is God's heart reset, and it resets everything, including us. I find that, uh, you know, Rachel's in the room, so I'll talk to Rachel. I find, you know, whoever's behind the camera, that's who you talk to. Uh, (laughs) You find that in this, as a Christian, in the church, you know, sometimes we really do walk around thinking that God smacking the world is somehow going to bypass us. So get him, God, like he's going to somebody else's house, laying down the belt, and then coming home to our church and everything is like, I did it. It's great. Great. Now, not that it's like a national boom, 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 backhand of God. Wait. Well, we didn't mean us. We meant them. We meant the sinners. We meant the pagans. And the Lord is like, there's so much sin in his house and paganism in his house. It's got to get the church. He said, judgment starts in the house of the Lord. I mean, it starts right here. And now we see why. In an era where you can't tell as we're learning in our pedigree school. This is pedigree academy. I want to call it pedigree academy, okay? We are in school right now. This is why I have my notebook dedicated just to this. I'm going to go back through and revisit the previous broadcasts for, on this subject, put them in my notes. Oh, I started writing this about something else already. Well, bless God. And I'll just pick up where I left off. I didn't get too far. And, and uh, put my uh, pedigree academy notes in it. We are going to school. And guess what? There's a test every day. When you are in advanced education, you can have an exam literally every time you have class and in between. Higher education is testing you more, not less. So when we come up this close to the Lord and he is breaking it down piece by piece, 
uh, item by item, line upon line upon line, precept upon precept, here little, there little. Whenever he's doing all of that, guess what? There is an exam every day. Pop quiz, pop quiz, pop quiz. Here comes the word again, another pop quiz to see to it that we aren't just passively receiving this. Wow, that's so deep. Wow, that's so whatever. Things are talking about head. Can I handle the pressure? Because we are not used to the heavy hand of God. We are we're used to hearing the once removed just from the mouth of the preacher, whatever message for the week, not daily bread, daily steak. This is daily steak. You know, steak is great once a week. Maybe twice a month. I'm thinking maybe twice a month. And I love beef, but I'm like, man, I mean, there's only so much you can take. Maybe twice a month. You want, And if it's really good, once a month. Yeah, we're going to go have that monthly outing, that good thing. And if it's super rich, once a quarter. Because you're going to pay, first of all, a high price for it. And the food is so rich, your body just can't take it. And until you work up the tolerance for it, it seems like it's too much. And so taking this in, this is not lightweight, flyweight, sugar-coated. This is that premium, what, tomahawk steak? I mean, just like half of the cow is on the plate. Boom. This is the YGB. Okay, we're focused. This is the meat of the word. It's about as thick as this Bible, Okay. The meat, this is the realness. This is what we've been praying for. This is what we've been asking for. God, tell us, show us. And then he does. It's just like in Scripture. Everybody fall out. <sighs> and the angel had to come and remind. Come on, man. We, got, we have to get it done. We have to get it done. So I challenge you to go back and listen every single day to stretch yourself, to strengthen your spirit. You have to strengthen your spirit, man, in order to handle the truth of God, the unbridled, not whitewashed, not watered down, the true, rolling out, unadulterated word of God. Dr. Price is loaded, okay? She has a full payload to release, to dispense an apostle's dispensation, to dispense to the earth. And we have to be ready because this is not about, well, go ahead, woman of God, you do it. Hey, you do it, woman of God, you do it. This is us. She's raising up an army so the Lord can accomplish something in the earth realm. Get ready. So, again, get your heart reset notebook. I said we're in heart, we're in heart reset academy. This is not church. This is school. I want you to know. <laughs> we are being schooled <laughs> is what God needs us to become so we can do what he needs us to do. So I have my heart reset notebook that I have dedicated. I need to anoint and baptize the pages so they can hold the fire of the revelation. <laughs> you know, transform it from a, a, a grocery store notebook <laughs> into the, something the scrolls of the Lord, something that can handle the scrolls of God. <laughs> we have to do it. Because this is serious times. We are in serious times. And Dr. Price said last night, unfortunately, the Lord cannot get our attention outside of calamity. Hey, God, God is the Lord going to stop? Yeah, yeah. I'm having a dinner party. Tell him I'm coming back. Uh, the Lord is calling. Yeah, yeah, you know, we're on vacation. We're on vacation. We don't do church or anything. We just turn everything off except our technology. And so tell him, you know, I'll be back. I'll be back. All right, calamity happens. Something
I need you at home. Oh, we can't, can't go to the house. Lord, pray right now. Okay, Lord, where's God? I'm, I'm dying. Anybody have a number? Where's the voice number? Where is this number? Where's that phone? Call them up and tell them what you want. Where is Where is the number? Did they ever say the number in that song? No. <laughs> so it's like, where is it? So now his system is in overload because the saints are all bombarding his grid at the same time. Thank God his grid doesn't collapse under national pressure. Everybody calling on the name of Jesus. Did, did you get through? I don't know. I've been on hold. I've been calling the Lord on this thing for about two years. I've been on hold for two years in my life. And this is how we have, now that everybody's trying to get through, I doubt them. Well, what did they say? What was your eternal wait time to get to God? And he's like, look, I was trying to give you a direct line earlier when it wasn't a calamity, which is why there are people who are ready and not panicking, and there are those who are but this is our Hard Reset Academy. We need a school bell. We need so many bells. Oh, my goodness. But we, I don't have a school bell yet. Or a, you know, sound effect. I'll try and find one. <laughs> uh, there you go. The school bell. We are now in session. And we are going to be schooled. We are going to be quizzed. God is going to challenge us. Examine. An exam is an examination of your knowledge of what you've learned. Your ability to comprehend, synthesize, assess, recognize it in action, do it, become it. Are you becoming or are you just regurgitating and rattling off? And those are two very different things. We are, the, the body of Christ has been conditioned to quote. We are quoters. Oh, that was good. Wow, that was bad. Man, that was awesome. Whoa. Have we become? And we are in the wheat and chaff, the goats and sheep. And as Dr. Price has been rolling out, the elect from everybody else <laughs> saying they're a Christian. The institutional Christians from the elect. We are coming back down to that joint and marrow, thoughts and intent, all the way down. It's, and we feel pared down. We feel like oh, we have, the Lord just, I didn't even get it out of my mouth. And, and, I, and I just don't even. We all have to grow up. I'm growing up. We all have to grow up to the next ten levels of who God needs us to be. And it's like just that fast. We were here. I'm reflecting on prophecies that God's Christ has given me over the last nine months. Just nine. You should know. If, the, if prophecy begins to increase in your life in frequency, it means your timetable is short for that to become a manifestation. There are things out here every now and again. And when my ears perked up, when it was like the second time in eight weeks that Dr. Price was bringing the word back around, I said, huh, okay, let me get in my books. This is my Bible. Let me get a Bible that I can actually see and read. I'm glad I heard from God on that timing because the Bible store closed down. That's <laughs> not a week after I got it. I was like, hey. That's why you have to move in the windows of God, not in the windows of your comfortability. It's the truth. And so that frequency started kicking up, and I thought, ooh, I think something's about to happen that I don't think is going to happen for a while, but it's going to happen sooner than later. Are we ready? Yes. Are we ready? Well, this one. Our host. No, but the, the, the Bible store closed down. Please. Yes. There's yes. something to be said. There is something to be said for moving in the timing and the windows of God. Yes. I mean, think about it now. How many things 
can you not do? How many obediences can you not perform right. because you waited too long? Right. Right. Because you were trying to fit God in. You know, God tells me, he said, listen, you wrap, I wrap my world around you. You don't, you don't decide how I'm going to do this. And so we've been having that. I think it's just so great. And that word that you have about that, I have that in my book, in my new book coming out, Assessing oh. Your Prophetic Self, which you can now go on Amazon and pre-order. And if you are in school or you have students, etc., you should pre-order it now. And do you know they already are prepared for it to be on Kindle? Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. You can get hard copies because Kindle's nice when I'm driving, when I'm in a restaurant, you know, yes. something like that, whatever, what. But honey, that hard copy, I want to I wanna write. It's nice that they can highlight, but I want to highlight. Their highlights are not as flexible as mine. You know, I can highlight a word. In the Kindle, you hit and one word, it's going to do the whole thing. We get the, in the and check mark. And, uh, yeah. and then we can go back and do it again and layer it. In Kindle, you even got a red or a green or it doesn't. It. You might get any other thing, you know, because, you know, they are a machine. But you want to get this book because I say that very thing. When God starts calling us when God. When God. When God starts calling dates and um, timings and things like that, it's because it's already in the planet and in a being. Mm-hmm. And it's about to be in the world. So yeah. there's a whole section in there that talks about prophecy being genetic first. So a lot of times, you you know, you're thinking, well, I don't know, Dr. Price, I don't know, Jesus was in, in David. And he's the author of prophets. Yes. So there's a lot in this book, a quite a bit in this book will teach you how to manage your prophetic. It's going to teach. Now, when the when the book is out, I'm going to I'm going to teach it, and I'm developing a companion study guide. You know, a whole lot of stuff in there that you can do because prophecy. We talked about it last week. Get the work that works. Yes. Yes. The work doesn't work if you don't work it. Yeah. And if you're a prophet and you're expecting somebody who never even heard a prophecy before to work a word, you're probably a little bit short-sighted. But it tells you about that. It tells you the cycles that a prophecy has to go through. And it tells you the ways that it has to travel. And it also tells you what you do or should not do to kill it. Mm. Because prophecy comes forth as a seed. And we always say it's a seed in the earth. And it is. But it's a seed in the person first. And so there are some things that we have to learn. So on the journey that we've been on, I want to welcome you to the Jesus and Fellowship, starring Jesus Christ and Paul of Christ. And I'll tell you what, we let him go first. No, not that. Typically, if I let him go first, I probably don't get a chance to say anything but amen. <laughs> you know? But I get my, I get my amen. There's some amen. I'm so hefty amen, though. But I, I love this. I, 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 she and I have a running joke. I said, well, Lord, since we gave you top billing, you've been taking us higher and higher and higher and higher. God was like, I'm trying to get y'all up that mountain. So now I'm getting you up there. Oh. So I want to talk to you before we get into our subject, the Jesus and Paula show. <laughs> I love it. Isn't that wonderful? I'm going to keep that. Keep it. Um, at least I'm, I'm going to keep the Jesus and Paula show. 
sorry, Jesus Christ. We give him head. Top billing. He pays well. Yeah. He's one top billing. We don't have to he pay. He pay. Oh, ooh, mm, don't even get me started. I'll be, mm, we will have to know that man. <laughs> the son of man. Hallelujah. And so, um, but, but I, I love doing this for him because now he sits at the show every week. He does. You know, now I try, I try to act like it, because sometimes I'm not like, but Jesus, my name is on the bottom of this, you know, like, this is my role. All else is him. And so he's he setting the show every week. He's out the blast. And so he tells me where he's going. So I have a, now I do my stuff, I do my studying, and it's wonderful. And for the first, you know, first few months when we said Jesus and Paula, he just let me keep on rolling along, and he went right till I sat here and then changed because he said I need your help. I need my help pick it up. I said so. Um, so now he starts out on Monday. He starts out and what he wants to talk about, how he wants to talk about it. And then tells me how to put it together. So I said, oh, so you have become the show host. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can I go to Oh, you're the real show host. Okay. Because he said, my glory, I will not give to another. <laughs> no, God is the show. <laughs> the Jesus of the show. <laughs> and so, and I love it. So, and I have some things that I want to say here. I don't want to talk about We even have meetings. They sound a little bit like decreal, but, you know, decretals, but they're meeting, they're meeting. Okay. I get a chance to say, yay, Lord. Leave me, Lord. I, I love partnering with the Lord. I promise you I don't have a better joy in my heart than when I'm partnering with him. And I found out with the Lord, you know, we, we I think how you were saying it, we drag God along. We drag God into our processes, and we drag him into our projects, and we just drag him along. And, and most times we let him stay home. Jesus, you stay home, but I will be, and we take the badge off, but I will be meeting this. So I'm taking your name. Right, right. And right. your label, your title, and, and I'll give it back when I'm done. <laughs> you know? And so I, I have always got a kick out of Jesus Christ. First of all, when I found out the man is alive, I was like, oh, so you were old. Guys, he's alive. He's got a real body. Yes. A real body. He is a real man. As a matter of fact, he said to me, I said, Jesus, you're a real man. He said, no, I'm the man of everything. I said, oh, okay. He said, you just about, I don't want to shortchange glory. So, you know, you help me. I'll get this phrase right. <laughs> help me out a little bit. I'm going to get this phrase right. But he is, and he has real feelings. I have a section in the book where I talk about God as a thinker and how much I was surprised to find out that he, oh, God thinks. He said, pictures don't think, icons don't think, plaster, apparatus doesn't think, statues don't think. He said, but I think. He said, and I was thinking before you all were, which is why you all can think. Because I thought first. And so you're thinking my thoughts, and I'll just let them run through. And so I talked about a little bit the, the experience I had learning how God thinks. See, that's where we're stuck because we are, we're preaching, you know, our thoughts are not his thoughts. However, we prefer our thoughts because we're familiar with them. Because you better be saying my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. The deep calls of the and God told me to put floaties on, baby, because we're going under. <laughs> get your, get your floaties. He told me floaties and flippers and flappers. I had all of them, floaties, flipper, and flapper. 
For those of you who don't know, I can't swim. I've been trying to learn to swim all my days. Before I leave this planet, I am going to swim. You have your floaties. But I got my floaties, my flippers, and my flippers. There you go. Flappers. And so when I found out that God thinks and that he can think for himself, it stunned me. I was like, I was in the middle of a thought, and he got, mm, really? Okay. And so accommodating that new creature in Christ Jesus who's bringing you, who is literally uh, presenting to you and streaming, that's the word I wanted, to you the mind of Christ. Your new creation spirit will stream God's mind through yours. And so you'll ha- and you'll know the difference because some- most times it's more than it just Okay, we're back. And we do 
nobody's around in the kitchen. Midnight. Okay, but so we if we thought we were in the kitchen, we're not. See what see what the shutting is doing. <laughs> Um, this is a blo- the room, the days, and everything just all one. So when, when I wrote in there how when God thinks, God said, before I made you, I made my up my mind. See, I want I want you to write that down. If you are taking notes and you want to understand why God is not moved by you, you have to write it like this. Before he made me, he made up his mind about me. The way any creator would do, the way any designer would do, you talk to the people with the robots, the robots do what the designer says. They're trying to get the robots to be a little more independent in thinking, and they're going to wake up one day, and that thing going to be on their face, tearing their face off, talking about, I want to be you. So you need to recognize that God made up his mind about who he is, what he is, how he thinks and feels. God is not discovering his feelings while you are discovering yours. See, he's not searching his soul. God searched his soul. All the Old Testament tells us his soul searching. Everything in that Old Testament tells us how God searched his soul. And then he'll tell you, that didn't even come in my mind. My soul is up. Oh, my soul. What did he say about Jesus? He said, oh, my God, he got a being that I can use. He said, in, in, in whom my soul delights. He didn't say my, he said, my soul delights in this man. See, so you can, you can feel whatever you want to feel about Jesus Christ. God does not care. God doesn't care about you. And God tested Jesus before Jesus became flesh. So Jesus had to make up his mind about how he was going to serve his father when he became semi-mortal. You know, he was semi-mortal until, you know, took the assembly. He took, God's like, I'll be taking this. You can pick this up and feel it. And so you, the reason you and God have issues is because you think God is a fallen deity because you have been raised and nurtured by fallen deities, fallen angels. So they, and they play with you. And the reason that they don't care about if you do it wrong is because every time you do wrong, it gives them another leg up, another authority to impose the judgment that they already know is coming on your wrong. You think Satan doesn't know that God's going to take you out? You think that when you had one night nice thing, Satan didn't know that he was going to deposit something in you that was going to arouse God's judgment? And these are not judgment he's writing. God's not writing judgment today. That's why you all keep thinking your trends are going to change his mind. He's not writing judgments today. He, he already has them. Those judgments are not only written in heaven where, you know, forever, O oh Lord, thy word is what? Settled in heaven. That is a powerful thing. Study that passage. Stop quoting and start researching. Y'all need to take your quote to some researching. And so forever your word, forever, O oh God, your word is settled in heaven. So Jesus comes from heaven and he says, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Does anybody hear there's a correlation in there somewhere? So Jesus does not come here to learn earth ways. He's been judging earth ways since in the beginning of God. He comes here to remedy earth's inability to do God's way. So he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
And then he gives us something that really irritates us to let us know, to give us at least samples. He gives us a sun that will shine on a good day and a bad day. Brother Sun does not care. This is my wedding day. I'm wearing a $20,000 wedding gown, and I'm supposed to get married outside, and the, uh, the rain is out. I don't know what to tell you. I got it on the clipboard. Rain on It's on my board. You, I'm sorry. You didn't, didn't, you, didn't you, whether people tell you I was going to come? Yeah, I'm coming today. And then you can pray. I mean, really pray. And I can pray so hard. And you just know it. And rain falls. And it'll flood you and your $20,000 down. So that you know that there's a things in life you can't change. You cannot alter the laws. If God decides that I want to have snow in the summertime, has anybody noticed that he's been dropping snow? Now, you can say, yeah, but some of that is man and do yeah, but he didn't stop them. Because if he wants their plans to fail, they fail. When God wants human plans and devil plans to fail, they fail. They fail, and they, and they, and they, they just bluff it. They do their spit in front of us. Yeah. But it's behind the scenes. They are cussing him out because he's, like, got in their business and, and jumped all in their stuff. We have the same thing. Nature does the same thing every day until God changes it. But it's already written. He said every day for you has been written before you became an embryo, before you became a seed. As a matter of fact, it was written, and then you were, what was written about you has, was so compressed, it was wrapped in a seed and stored in, in, in your genetic tree, your genealogy line, genealogical line, stored, waiting for you to come down. So God said you're going to be president. You didn't become president when we elected you. You're going to love what I'm about to teach on this. I'm going somewhere. God said that you're going to have some children. You're going to do it. And then he threw it in Adam. And when he threw it in Adam, those that were the elected Christ were sealed, and those that were not, Satan could tamper with in the gene pool. Did you want to hit something? This is way down here. There you go. That's right. Before we had that, you had those. There you go. See? And so, because see, we don't know the mind of God. So you're, you're talking to God, and you're telling him, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I want to do something else, and I want to, and I want to, and God is listening to you, and, and he's saying it to himself, that's nice. And sometimes in order to answer your prayer, he has to connect you with someone else who has that prayer answer from the seed, not just the womb, the seed. But you don't know, so why am I saying Because God thinks he's sovereign. Well, why is he sovereign? Because he laid it out before time. Those people who wrote the Bible, and they said the King James Depression, you know, you read what it but God gave them conception. You think about Rachel. God gave her conception. Yes. And so, and he, he timed it. Okay, well, Leah's done. The maids are done. All right. And you know why? Because Rachel was the mean girl. She was the mean sister. And so God let her know, you may be pretty on the outside, but you can't deliver what your prettiness implies. Now, he wrote it. 
There we go. I'll use this there. You know, there are a lot of things that you're facing, and some of you all, you stand there in the face of, 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 of atrocities that happened to you and happened to your children. So I'll give you a story, because this is a great story. Hezekiah took God off. He, turned, he, he literally brought God's, the ambassadors of God's adversary, Babylon, into his country, into his White House, into his capital to make it plain, showed them everything, every code, the situation, room, you name it, he showed them everything. And, and so the prophet said, well, what did you show them? He said, everything here I showed them. They know all our business. I showed them because they're my friends. You know your kids would do that. They're my friends. And so it took a while. Time passed. And Hezekiah got sick. Now, God needed Hezekiah to know that, you know, a man. And so this is what God said. He said, I'm going to give you these 15, everybody said, yeah, 15 years. You know what? It didn't change. I believe that, I believe the temple has a car, but that's not right. Y'all are real smart. Y'all put it up there on the screen yeah. for me. I love my people. Mm-hmm. Smooches. And so, but he got these 15 years after he got the prophecy. And you know what he said, selfish man that he was? And God said, I'm going to hit your seed. I'm going to hit your sons. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Because you set my people up to be destroyed. You set them up for future invasion and all of that. So he turns around. And you know what he said? He gets his healing. And he said, well, at least there'll be peace in my day. I said... He didn't even intercede for the kids of the future. He just said, I'm going to, if I'm the last of the peace, I'm going to enjoy my peace. So what happens? Well, the, 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 the couple doesn't know that. They don't know this prophecy has now been injected into the family tree and the family line. They don't know that. All I am is I'm a little kid, and I'm, I'm, I'm royalty. I'm this. I'm that. I'm all of these kinds of things. That's all I know. And the point of this is that that word kept working. And it kept working. And it kept working on each kid. And so in your mind, you're like, I don't know when it was working. Yes, it was. It was working in illness. It was working in premature death. It was working in infertility. It was working in deformity. See, all of that stuff, you have check that predecessor. Check that progenitor. Because, you see, God put that word is already there. So then what if he has mercy? And then you get to pray. Now, Lord. See, when you, call, when you pray to God and you start telling God, I'm good, I'm this, I paid my tithes, I go to church, I got baptized, I speak in tongues, I did all of that. When you go to God like that, you're, that, that that's the luck of the draw. But when you go to God and say, you know what, Jesus, I don't know what I did. I'm going to tell you right now, I probably didn't do anything right, and you probably shouldn't do this, but I'm going to ask you for mercy. We don't even ask for mercy in the office. There are people, I go to the hospital to, to pray for them, and I know going in, God's mad with them. He's displeased. Because he, it's cold as ice. You can't, no warm-up. All of you all who lay hands on the sick and, and, and all of that stuff, visit the sick, you know what I'm talking about. And so you walk in there, and it's somebody you dearly love or someone you greatly respect, and you really want to go in and beg God, come on, Jesus. Now, don't embarrass me now. Heal the person, please. And so I go in, and when I know God is disturbed, the first thing I say is, Father, have mercy, because we are not standing on righteousness, and this thing is just to God. Because when you step into God's justice, 
That's a different thing. And so we want to ask God to set aside or supersede that justice with mercy instead of this is a good man, this is a good woman. They did this and they did that. Uh-uh. God said there's none righteous, no, not one. And even when you get we have imputed righteousness. Imputed. Look it up. Imputed means you don't have it, but we're lending it to you until you can build it. So we have on loan righteousness. We're borrowing Jesus' righteousness until we can build our own. So when they say that, the first thing I do, I say, Father, have mercy. And I said, I know, because I already know. He's already letting me know. I don't, this can go either way, and I don't really care which way it goes. If they're a saint, they're coming home, and if they aren't going to be a saint, what's the purpose of breathing my air? It doesn't matter. So you need to understand that there are a lot of things that predate you, covenants that God made. He said, I got covenants with creation. I have covenants with these powers. I cut covenant with these families. Abraham, he cut a covenant with Abraham. He cut covenant with David. And so God is not to honor his covenant. He can't lie. He cannot break his word. See, this is mature elect. See, you all got that Christian doctrine. But see, this is children of the most high. And when you're going to be children of the most high, you need to know your daddy the way he is and not the way they, they painted him. Every situation is not equal. God does not handle everybody's crises the same. I've walked in again, seen people on deathbed, walked in, see death standing in the wall, on the wall, waiting, looking at the clock. Okay, I'm going to get out of here. And God is like, this is not me. This person will live. Do this, do this, do this, and say that, and this is what I'm going to do. Now, did, were they any better than the other one? I don't know. Clearly, there's a, they gave God a reason to supersede. Because there are times that you can suppress God's mercy and not mean to. And then there are times you can supersede God's mercy. So Hezekiah got mercy, but he passed that mercy, that, that deed that earned him or gave him that mercy, because he didn't earn it, gave him that mercy onto his own seed. And he's like, I don't care. I don't, I, I don't have God. My last 15 years going to be great. And some of you all, you've been in God a long time. Some of you all encouraged your kids to sin. You told them they were free and that you weren't religious. There are a lot of reasons why God's mind won't be favorable to your calamity. And then there are those of you who just didn't, you, you didn't do any better or worse, but you know what? God was always God. He can always touch you. He can always reach you. He can always reason with you. See, God said, come let us reason together. Some people are too unreasonable for the Lord's mercy. You you need to find out reasoning. What is God's reason? Reason is part of his ration. What is his his thought line on something? What is his historical patterns? We're going to talk about that as we begin to explore the mind of the Almighty. Because According to not just the scripture, you know, we like to say, well, you know, that's the Christian God and whatever. When did y'all pick up the Christian God? Because there was a time he wasn't, he didn't even have a name when in the book we didn't have a Christian God. So clearly, the man Christ Jesus pulled it off. He did what he said he would do. He begot a whole new species. We're going to talk about that in a minute. A whole new species of, of humans. 
He established and changed the world. He arrested principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly. He shut down devils and all of those kinds of things. And the only thing that's making him look bad today is us. Because we didn't get what it was all about. We didn't understand it. But we're in a wonderful position right now where we can actually go back in our generation, and in our era, and we can set the stage for a better life, a Christ life. I said to you all before, God never named us Christians. He always called us the elect. The, the, the word ecclesia is pertaining to the elect. And where was the elect? We were in heaven until the Holy Ghost came. So I need, I want you all to think differently. Are you, are they following me? Are you all following me? Are you hanging tough? Is God bearing witness? Because that's what happens. See, your new creation spirit, your new, which is apocalyptic, your spirit is not evangelical. It's not fasted. It's not Episcopalian. It's not free will. Let me go. Let me be free. It is apocalyptic. All Christians are apostolic first. Now, we don't want, but see, we can really come back to that. See, Christians are all believers, everyone born of God, because they use words like born of God, born from above, filled with Christ. But all Christians, as we have become classified, are apostolic, because if you got saved, if you're a Christian, if, you are, if you're born of Christ, that's why he makes a difference, because there are some people just hanging out, loitering, you know, visiting us. They like sitting at our table, having dinner with us, and fellowshipping. There are a lot of people just love our music and cannot stand our God. There are a bunch of philosophers who love Jesus' mind and can't stand his soul. So, if you're a Christian, you, uh, you may go to a Baptist church. You may go to a Methodist church. You may go to any denomination or non-denomination. But at the root, God is coming for those who were born again according to his apostles. Oh, I bet you that changed it. So you needed to stay home to hear this today. I'm glad you took the day off. Hey, you got to keep it light. Because yeah. if you don't keep it light, it's going to crush you. So you are, all of us are apostolic Christians. The problem is we were not shepherded by apostles who were affirmed and forerun by the prophets. So we're all apostolic Christians. You, can say, you know, when I listen to these people, you know, when it, yeah, please, they, they, they try. You know, well, you know, God never, uh-uh. First of all, don't you ever tell me, I don't care who you are, that God never called a woman. Because as far as I'm concerned, by your theology, women ought not to be saved. Okay. Think about it. So Brother James, Brother King James, had a problem with women. And you are picking it up. You are sent to fix that problem, not exacerbate it. All of us, and same thing, I don't believe in prophets. Jesus Christ came to the earth as a prophet, as well as he was the Messiah prophet, and he was the God of the prophets and the author of all prophecy. 
of this. Prophets. You wonder why God is scattering them? He's like, I need y'all to get back on the book. Get back on the book because you are off task because you're out of the book. So when they tell me that, no. See, if you don't read your Bible, you can't even defend your God. Forget your faith. Jesus came as a prophet. So your Messiah, your Savior, your precious Lord is a prophet. Isn't that nice to know? I think something ought to go. I think we ought to get something. Yeah, I know. I know not, we don't have a lot of preachers that do that, but you know, when you preach heaven as I do, y'all, we need comic relief, baby. <laughs> we need some comic relief. <laughs> we need a decompression. <laughs> so your mind can say, let out some stink. <laughs> this is comic relief. Don't never say I didn't care about you. <laughs> so, no, but we, if we're going to say it right, let's get back on the right foundation because every time God had a move, our foundation was go evangelize the world and never fix our internal issues. We're on a, a, a wrong foundation. We are the elect, and I'm going to discuss that with you in a little bit. So let's move on to the apostles. You understand that no office existed when the church came to earth. Except the apostle. Now, God closed down. He didn't abolish, but he closed down and migrated the prophetic under the apostles. This is Bible, guys. This is, as a matter of fact, the only, for 40 days, or however long it took for 50 days, there was nothing. The prophets were just moving along, you know, in motion, just moving along. But there was nothing for them to do because the Messiah had come and gone. When the Holy Ghost landed, the authority figure that God established was the apostles. The apostles preached the gospel. The apostles witnessed the apostles talked about Jesus Christ. They were itinerant until the body got really big, and Jesus had already prepared them by telling them how to distribute that power and, and the dominion that came from their success. Apostles appointed deacons. Apostles. Apostles appointed bishops. Apostles. Apostles appointed shepherds, pastors, which is why when you see Ephesians 4.11, that's only place you see pastors. Apostles passed on the doctrines of Christ and teaching. So you can say all day long. So that means the first groups of people that got saved were apostles, offspring, or apostles, uh, converts. They shepherded. Because, you know, you hear people say, well, you know, apostles don't know the Humphrey Church. I don't know why. We, we were there for it. We found it. Well, you know, pop, prophets, I don't know why. I used to say that, but then I realized that that was damage control. Those territorial games. But you need to recognize that 1 Corinthians 12, 28, and 29 precedes Ephesians 4.11 in more than the Bible. 
So when the populations came, then we got Ephesians 4.11. That's a whole different kind of dispensation for the equipment of the saints for the work of the ministry, not for the holding together of the kingdom. So when you say you're a word church and you don't believe in apostles and prophets, you are not a word church. Because the foundation and the receivers of the word, the apostles and prophets, are not allowed in your theology and your doctrine. So you cannot be a word church if you're going to get rid of the mantles that brought it all together and rest it on the one mantle that only has one, one mention. That's how we got here. One day I'm going to tell you why that's a problem for God. This God-ordained, because, you know, church, I need y'all to grow up because people make a statement and you just run all the way back to kindergarten on it. That, um, every time we make a statement you don't understand, we get the pricking at the, 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 the scales that are on your eyes and you're going back to kindergarten. So, that, I mean, I'm sorry, I just don't like it because I, I don't like what she said. Well, what did she say? Well, she just said that my pastor was not, I did not say that. That is errant thinking. And a part of this mind training is going to teach you how to think like God. Because you're, you're making decisions for God and you don't even think like him. You don't even know how a man thinks. You have no idea how God has to think and how he's been thinking since, he, since before our time long began. See, we, we, we know God thinks like a savior, but did you, ever make, did you ever find out that he thinks like a warrior? Do you realize that we'll have savior Jesus in peacetime? But in war, we got King Jesus, sovereign Jesus. Because he's been warring for his creatures and his creation longer than he has been keeping us as his pastor. He had to come and say, I, you know, I'm the door. Hey, I'm the door. You're the sheep. I'm the vine. You're branches. He had to come and tell us that. Because he didn't need to tell us about him being sovereign and all that. We have already had 39 books for that, theoretically speaking. So when we are talking about word church, and you want to make sure your church is a word church, then they cannot disparage apostles and prophets. Now, they don't have to be shepherded by an apostle, and they don't have to be shepherded by a prophet, but you cannot have them talking about, we don't believe in prophecy. Are you kidding? Before you became a pastor, you were a prophecy. The reason you pastor right now is because you are a, because prophecy starts genetics. So I want to get into, I know you didn't think I was going to get there, but I'm getting it. Oh, I did that with you. You can do it. There we go. So we're talking about heart reset. God gave me to just continue on this path to continue plowing through this thing called heart reset. And heart reset, what does it mean? How and why life as we know it will never be the same. Now, what we, we as, as the elect, I'm going to use that word going forward more than I'm going to use Christian. I'm not knocking out Christian because we are offspring of Jesus Christ. But the Christian, when you say that, the world thinks institutional church. Genetic church, not organic church, not genealogical church. They think they don't think the ecclesia. They think the the 
what we inherited from the Catholic Church and the Anglican Church. I'm not against them. I don't. I don't. I'm not even going. I'm going with the elect. If any of them are elect, they're going to love what I'm saying. And if not, it won't apply to them anyhow. It's a big deal. So we are the elect of God. And I, I looked this up because Jesus started talking to me about, about the elect. And he said, I, I said, well, okay, God. And, you know, sometimes God knows when you're only half-hearted listening. And so he'll just keep hammering. It's not my word like a hammer. It breaks the rocks to pieces. And so he'll just keep banging and hitting and banging until we get it, like going, going, going. So finally I looked it up, and, and I realized that over tw- almost 25 times in the New Testament, elect is talked about. That's minus the times where Ecclesia was changed to church. So I would like you to understand that we are, there is a two types of Christians, well, probably for us, two types of Christians. For the world, it's probably 65 types. But for us, there are two types of Christians. Those who are members of the local assembly and body, who are members because they believe because they, you know, they like the church, etc. And then those who are born from above the literal offspring of the Godhead. Now, it's the offspring of the Godhead that God calls the elect. And I'm looking forward to walking this journey out with you. So why are they the elect? Because we were in Christ before the foundation of the world, and the only two mantles can tell you about that from the beginning, that means archetypically and prototypically, are the prophets and the apostles. Why? Because God starts everything with the prophets. And so that's why you all are listening to prophets, because you don't know that you're supposed to filter you're supposed to bet the voices that are saying they're speaking in a, get my book, Assessing Your Prophetic Self, and it's going to tell you how to do that. So that when people come up running up to you, you know how to not only bet the word, bet the messenger, but also the word. Because sometimes they'll give you the word, but it wasn't a message for them to give. There's a whole lot. When, we start, when I start teaching my book, and my, my work, my companion text, it's a workbook, it's, it, it, it's drawn from the book, but you'll be able to write stuff down, and you'll be able to, I got assignments in there, we got cases, oh, it's going to be great. You will love this class, and it's not free. So let's get real clear, because, you know, I get people to say, well, you ought to get the word for free. No, you ought to live on freedom, <laughs> and tell me how far that will take you. The word, my voice, my voice is by itself in your ear, that may be free. My wisdom, no, I earned it. I paid for it. I struggled for it. I, I died a thousand deaths for it. And, I, and, and you know what? It's worth. So it's not free. And you're going to find out why you should sow into the prophets and apostles in your life. You should sow into all God's ministers. But you all break your neck to sow into evangelists and pastors, and they never receive the revelation. The revelation, according to, according to Paul in Ephesians, came to God's holy apostles and prophets. Peter said that the prophets in, of old were writing about us. And it takes us time to learn it. It said, buy the truth and then buy wisdom and don't sell it. So when you get it, you ought to hold on to it. You can dispense it. Your time is worth something. My time is worth something. 
and so is yours. Trust me, you got a lot of time on your hands, and are you appreciating it? No, you want to get paid for what your time is worth. Hard reset, 2020, we talked about this last night, where we are, what we face, and taking the lead. And we went through, we won't do that now for time's sake, but we went through the word cloud on what this looks like. So we're going to move on. And, we, and here it is, getting ready for the apocalypse of the children of God. You're going to love this, I promise you. Identity is your key to destiny. If you don't know who you are, your destination is nowhere. Because we act as if destination and destiny are not related. Destiny is arrival at one's predetermined, pre-plotted destination. Preordained. So every day you are heading to a particular destination. But the ultimate fulfillment of your purpose, the end of your journey, is your destiny. How do I know that I'm fulfilling my destiny? Because my, my journey is marked by this and marked by that and marked by something else. And it's marked, marked, marked. And so it's the, your, your journey has a signpost on the road. You know, and, and, and sometimes you have a good road and sometimes you have a bad road. But ultimately, you're coming to a place where your destination is. Now, apostles and prophets bear God's record. You're going to like this. God's apocalyptic children, global ap- apocalyptic prayer briefing. I've been talking to you about that on my last five or six broadcasts that God has given me to gather a global ap- ap- excuse me, apocalyptic prayer force, not just a team, force, not just an army, force. And so because he has given me to train those who want to be part of his reset, and his reset is apocalyptic. Now, we, we, we always have looked at apocalyptic as, you know, crises. We, you know, we look at it as, a, as a, you know, primitivity. You know, it's a bunch of primitive people running around naked and, and, and killing each other and they don't know, or there's a cosmic warfare or whatever. But apocalyptic pertains to us. And that's what we're going to talk about. And then, <clears throat> but in le- handling this, is it B-E-A-R or B-A-R-E? Mm. It's a little of both. But they don't mean, they're, they're both, so, you know, we probably don't know, they even teach them, they like, hominids. Remember hominids? Yeah. yeah. Some of you all, hey, teachers, y'all still teaching hominids? They're there. You know, because, you know, it was the synonym and the antonym and the hominids. And we always fell on the hominids because we went by sound and not by sight. Let me get my trusty little tablet going so we can talk about this. Hallelujah. All right. So the word there, you know, where it means it's actually a synonym for the word disciple or mortareo which is the modern site for disciples, the New Testament word. And they are T, what is it, U-R-E-O. I believe that's it. I'm getting there, guys. And so, um, but it's literally a word that means bear witness. So we think it's D-A-R, 
B-E-A-R, witness, and there is that. You can carry your burden. You can be burdened with God's testimony. But there is also B-A-R-E, and, and, and we see that in Revelation 1-2, who John, we're talking about uh, John the Revelator, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. And now, bear record is a legal term. And it's a term that says that you had access to information or to records or to recordings that made you responsible for getting it out to the public, clarifying it to the public after you yourself learned it. And you were out, that getting it out meant not just preaching and teaching, but it also meant giving evidence, giving testimony. So you didn't just bear witness. You know, many of us don't even realize that the word witness comes from the word wit, which is knowledge and intelligence, not just a humorous person. It, didn't, it ended up being that. So he said that he bear record. And so when you look at it, and you look at the word, let me get the word here. It's our Strong's, yeah, it's March, March Rail. It's our Strong's um, 3140, G3140, and it says to be a witness, to testify, literally or figuratively, to give, uh, give evidence and have the record of. And I like this one. To be well reported of and also to have testimony as a witness. So when John said he bears record, he I mean, because you can bear somebody's burden, that's B E A R, you can lift it up. But bear puts you in a place and say you are a revelator, you are an unveiler, you are a disclosure. In other words, you have access to something that's normally closed and, 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 and out of everybody else's view, but you have been brought into a secret place. Hallelujah. A secret place where an authority figure or the author interprets it, reveals it to you, or discloses it to you, and interprets it for you to go and tell the public. That's in God's mind. Well, we haven't been telling it, but we, we, we've been bearing a lot of records, including bearing our bodies. But we have, because the, the word bear also means to denude. It means to unclose as well as disclose. So let's look at it. So which one is it that we're talking about right now? Well, we're talking about a little of both. Let's see what it means. So you know I have my trusty little whatever. So we're going to go and, and, and look up, just spend some time looking at the meaning of the word apocalypse minus the cosmic height the sons of darkness have enshrouded it with so that they could seize our inheritance and they can take our place. Talked to you last night about us taking on our roles, taking on our responsibilities and our duties, and taking back the reins of authority, creator authority. Because God, Jesus Christ, spoiled principalities and powers. And you're like, that's nice. And you run around and you're quoting and you're saying it. It was great. And you didn't know what it meant. 
He said he made a spectacle of them, a spectacle of the means that he put them to open shame. That means he publicly humiliated them. Where is the public that he did that with? If he did it, where is that public? Wouldn't you like to know? So I fought God, and that's when he led me to Revelation 12. So by the time we get God, see, here's what's important. By the time God comes to planet or comes to the planet and returns, really, to the planet, by the time he does that, is it clear? Okay. But my, that one's not active. Um, but by the time he does that, he's already destroyed principalities and powers in his world. He, you know, God comes to earth. We don't find Satan sitting on a throne. We don't find him with a thriving kingdom. We find him locked in a vacuum and sucked underwater. Water is his person house. He can't get out until God frees him to do another job. So let's look at some of this. <clears throat> the one thing I want to say is the true meaning of apocalypse. It's time for us to take it back, folks. Apocalypse has always been about us. God gave the earth into the hands of the children's men or the uh, 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 human animals offering. Because if the earth was supposed to be in his hand, he wouldn't have been in that water when God said, let there be. So the true meaning of apocalypse I'm using the term apocalyptic because that's what you're going to see in all of it. And the first thing, did you know, I studied this. I like the online etymology dictionary and all of those. I do read and study. But did you know that apocalyptic or apocalypse happens to save? Now, it's not in the top of the definition because they were also awash with the destruction and, and calamitous. Uh, uh, meanings that have been given to it, but apocalypse is to say. Now, how do we know that? Well, when you read Revelation 6, I won't go through that right now, but when we come back on this subject, when you read Revelation 6, uh, excuse me, 4, I think it's 4 and 6, but Revelation 4, we got the, the lion who was able to open the seals. And so when he opens the seals, we act as if him opening those seals as the line of Judah, as the prophet and the great apostle, as the, the, the savior and the redeemer, we, we act as if when he opens those seals, apocalyptic things happen. The cataclysmic things happen. Nope, that's not it, because the world was cataclysmic before he got it. So that couldn't be why he did it. So why do we have that? The lamb, uh, the line of Judah, he has prevailed, and he can now open the seals. Because he prevailed. That's a whole conversation in itself. But what was he doing? In God's world, lean in. In God's world, where all of this began, not cosmic, but in the supernal world of the Almighty, everything that had to be done to reverse the curse was done. God, Jesus said that. So what everything that the Lord Jesus did closed out Satan's age, closed out his rulership, closed out Moses' law. 
Moses' law was because of sin. It wasn't because of righteousness, which is why God makes a distinction between the law of Moses and the law of God. So Jesus achieved his purpose. He's victorious. He achieved his purpose. Now remember, I used the term closed out. Are you listening to me? So if he closed out, that means he shut everything down that was going on from Genesis 3 until his ascension. It's that whole order is gone. What do you mean? When God says world, he doesn't mean a globe only. When God says world, he means the spirits and the humans and the ages and all of that. So Satan, was when he was fired, God was like, I'm done with you in this role. He got a new job. He, he literally got a new reassignment, which is to deceive the nation. Because when God brought him back on board, that was his job. He, he, he was operating in Adam's authority and Adam's, um, uh, with Adam's uh, legacy and inheritance illegally. So now how do I know that? Well, we've all heard it preached, but let me just give you the biological piece. Would you like the biological piece? Yeah. Biologically, he was in Adam, and, and that means he took possession of all of Adam's sperm, all of it, and all of these eggs. He was dead. And when you, when you hear, <coughs> to show you how, this is so tight. <coughs> when you read that they said that Eve bare a son, when she said she, Eve bare Cain, when you look up that word in the Hebrew, it doesn't just mean she pushed out a boy. It meant she unveiled his pedigree. I was so surprised when I saw that. I was just, oh, my gosh. His lineage. So they didn't use B-E-A-R like she pushed out a kid because she bore Abel. But she bear means she unveiled the fruit, the, the DNA, the gene, uh, genealogical or genealogical fruit of Satan's takeover. And you don't find out. I read it to you the other day. He was of the wicked one. So... When Jesus comes to the planet, it's not because devils don't know. As you kidding, they were like, like what they're trying to do now. They were all in love with their devils because they didn't know anything be- any better. The Gentiles were born by these devils. So they didn't know anything better. So Jesus is coming because he's getting ready to shift everything. And so what does he do? He, it's time for him to die. He's preparing his apostles. He said, listen. Now is the prince of this world judged. Now is he cast out. Now some translations say God of this world. It doesn't make a difference. He was fired. So then Jesus died. Listen to this, because I want you to I want you to ride with me on this one. He died. He spent three days and three nights in hell. He rises from the dead. He ascends on high, pours out his blood on the altar. This is the real resurrection Sunday story. So I'm giving y'all your sermon for Sunday. And so this is the real one. He does all of that, and it doesn't matter to anybody but the Jews in heaven. For the rest of the world, it's not even a blip on their calendar. Pilate was a little bit disturbed because they had to have a trial, that he a very distasteful trial with a man that he knew was innocent. Otherwise, mm-mm. So what is the big deal? 
But we don't understand until Paul comes down to Corinthians. Why was the prince of this world cast out? He's still in the planet. He's still Satan. People still being Satan. They're still trying to serve God. Folks still celebrating and, and, and uh, communing and serving demons and devils. So what was it all for? So on the surface, it looks useless. It looks like it's a futile, a futile event at best. And a very tragic, dramatic story. And the least. But that's not how it was in God's world because this problem didn't start on earth. This problem started in God's world. That is why when you read creation, when you read in Colossians and you read in Ephesians, they talk about, um, talk about that Jesus gathered together in one, everything that was in heaven and on earth. Half of you all haven't even heard that in the, in the, uh, the, the resurrection story, that he, his death brought the cosmos, brought create, not just our cosmos, the creation, back together. It's powerful. So he's unifying what has been shattered since the Daystar decided to have a revolution. So what is the effect on earth? I mean, if that's the case, what is the effect? Did we just get two new holidays? No, the effect on us is the same thing that happened in Eden. Jesus Christ reversed Eden. Now, here's what happened. In Eden, the devil and the serpent took over Adam's body, one man and one woman. Now, I told you, God doesn't jump on minor things. He's not a minor league God. So he doesn't jump on minor things. When God jumps into something, it's a, it's a big win. That's why he's Omega. Omega is interesting because if you take O off of it, you got Mega. So Omega answers itself. So he doesn't jump into the little thing. He just said, okay, so I was plan B. And plan B is that everything in Adam, every spirit, because you remember the spirit is in the sperm, every spirit in Adam has to take on a body. And every egg in Eve has got to become a soul. That is why souls are typically attributed to females. So every seed, every egg in Eve has to become a soul. So in short, God has to have a body. Because what is he going to do with all of these seeds and people? That's just, that's, that's the rational, the logical. And he could kill Adam, but then the genealogical material for the Messiah is in Adam. That's why Jesus comes as the last Adam. Because God is going to make himself human through the second person of the Godhead, or the first begotten he brought into existence. So God just waits, and it's a heinous way, it's horrible, and he hates it. And as soon as he can, he comes in with these supersedences. What I call the supersedences, the first one is Abraham. If y'all circumcised, y'all are going to be protected, life's going to be better. How about that? I can bless you, because he no longer owns humanity's life and soul. Or at least he doesn't possess it. He owns them, but he doesn't possess them. Satan possesses them. God owns them. So God is, he, so we got this back. Then we come down the line, and we go down the line to Moses. And so now circumcision is what was taking care of them, and now they're, they're on their own. They're, they're out of Egypt. They're, you know, getting ready to become a nation, some wonderful thing. And then God gives them the law. And he said, 
this law, if you do all of these things, um, I have the legal right to bless you, even though Satan is still ruling the world you live in. And he's still seizing possession of every being born into the planet. So you do these ten. Only ten, guys. Just ten. Do these ten. Okay, okay. If you do these, then you will supersede. Well, how you read Romans 5, it, it runs through it. It says, you know, death reigns. See, Abraham's covenant gave him long life. Right. Moses is giving you a good life. But Jesus gives us eternal life. So stage by stage, he's doing this. And so he said, do this, this is God, and we're going to be fine. This is great. Of course, we, we, you, you read Luke um, I want to say Luke 19, when you read that, he's talking about the rich man and Lazarus and where's Abraham? Abraham is in hell. Everybody went to hell except the people that God told you didn't go. Enoch, Elijah, and Moses. I'm sure that there were others, but I'm talking to you now about the, the, the founding figures or the progenitor figures. He said they, they didn't go. So Abraham is in hell, and he's in hell because he's got this whole nation that God is protecting, he's got this other underworld Goshen, if you will. And everybody who dies in obedience to that law goes to the bosom of Abraham. And when you read bosom, which I'll go through that, it's, it's saying it's safe place. So even though they're in hell, they don't get beat up by demons, they're not getting dogged by people, are not, you know, uh, abusing them while they're waiting for the cross. So Abraham knew about Moses' law. And Moses knew about Jesus' crucifixion. All the players and characters are in this thing. This is wonderful. Isn't this great? So Jesus is about to die, and he says, listen, I'm getting ready to, to do the final leg of this plan. This is it. Uh, guys, this is it. I'm leaving. I'm going to be killed. I have to be killed because I'm, I'm immortal. I can't die. I won't get sick. No diseases. And I can't let... Satan killed me. I have to die according to the prophecies that were written about me. So that's why he needed Judas, because all the other 11 apostles left him too much. They ain't going to kill him. They ain't going to lie on him. They try to be right. They try to get it right. Meanwhile, Judas is like, I don't care, because he's the devil. So Judas, he said, did I not choose you 12, and one of you is the devil? I, I saw um, PBS do a whole piece on why we should um, uh, appreciate Judas. And I thought, well, you know, you one of his offspring. Yeah, you are trying to make it good and clean up your reputation and your family tree. So he said, uh, he died, he said, and the prisoners were cast out. And here's the answer you need. This is the one that you need. Jesus' death and resurrection paid the price, bought humanity back from Satan. So he didn't, they still get the sperm, they still get the soul, they still get the the, um, spirit of this world, but that is why you must be born again. Because now they had a plan. We mapped out these conditions. You want to live with me, you want to get out of this world, you want to do all of these things, you must be born again. In other words, you were born to the God of death. You must now be born again to the God of life. He's the God of the living and not the dead. So when he said, now the end has come, in heaven's uh, chronicles, this end has come. But what 
And so he comes, he, the Holy Ghost shows up, and what does he bring to earth? All of our spirits that were in Christ before the foundation of the world. He's, I mean, he is backing us. And I mean, literally, trillions and trillions of us, he's bringing to the planet for all of the generations that will have to pick up. When you get born again, you pick up your eternal spirit. You switch it out. You, you, God switches it out, and in an instant, you become a child of God. You become a child of life because you were a child of God, just not the child of the living God. You were a child of the God of the dead. So when God says, now the, the last one, when the last human to be born under Moses' law and under the death covenant hit the planet, God hit the button. And you know who that last human was? Jesus. He was, that's why he could say, this is the, and I know I'm the last, because after me, we're on rerun. We're on repeat. Because if, it, if, 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 if whoever spirit was born after Jesus Christ was a repeat of the first one, Cain, that was born from Adam. Now, y'all know this is some good stuff. I know your head is whatever, but listen, you got a lot of time just listen, listen, and listen. You listen and play, stop, write it out. And listen with some people because it's easier when you listen to something like this with others and you can talk to them and talk talk it out. And, and, and then God can talk in the midst of you. So when he said, now the prince of this world is cast out, he wasn't talking to planet. He was talking to humanity. Are they, are they with me? Y'all all right? Just, this, is the, <laughs> this is the Resurrection Sunday. So, because this is the truth. So, when you hear unbelievers say, yeah, but you know, I mean, people still kept being born and whatever. They still being born under the obsolete order. They uh, literally, God obsoleted the Adamic line. It's, so when we're born again, we born, we're getting born again to see being obsolete. Because that particular order, that's why I keep saying, scientists can talk all day long about humanity. Even these people who do AI, you're all under the Adamic order, which is why us as the apocalyptic sons and daughters of God are superior. Because we're not born of blood. We're not born of flesh. We're not born of the will of man, but of God. We're born of what Adam surrendered to become what he already was. Isn't that powerful? So when he says, when God says old man and corrupt and he's saying all of that stuff, you need to understand he means obsolete. When I research old man, that's what it says. It says obsolete, corrupt. Decaying, morbid, mortal. And, and does that not define the human race? You can talk all day long about I don't believe, but it's defining us. Yeah. People die. Matter of fact, you you for the moment you get your first job, you thinking about two things: dying and being sick, and getting up three things, and getting old. Those are all witnesses. Death is a witness. Aging is a witness. Aging is evidence. This is powerful. Sickness is a sign. And those are all that what God had. 
that, that he put on Satan before he kicked him out. I break to you the other night. He said, I'm going to bring fire out of the midst of you. He took his supreme power. He took his celestial powers, his angelic powers, and he had some that nobody else had. Took them. And when he took them, immediately the light goes out in him. The light leaves, leaves him. That's how death, you want to know where death began. That's how it began. What is the origin of death? That's it. What is our purpose here? To pass from death to life. It's really quick. It's not a hard question. But, you know, when you are convoluted, you need it to be convoluted. You know, we need it. Don't we need it to be comfortable? Isn't that right? He's a honey man, Jesus. So we are the apocalyptic children of God, not just because we want to say so. We need to say so. We are that by virtue of us being born again into the very image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Because that's what we were as seeds. So now, what we were as seeds, we now become as being or become as the elect. That's why we were, we're the elect. We're the elect because we were in Christ before the foundation of the world. But if you all keep playing with the devil and slumming with the kids downstairs, the world will never know. Because that's, what he, that's the game he's been running. So every now and then you'll hear a, a, a testimony of a super Christian or super this or that. Meanwhile, they have all these religious beliefs and forms and philosophies and whatnot to convince their, their uh, followers that they are super beings. And we are it. We, if they're super, we're supreme. But we have got to want to believe that instead of believing Satan's lie that, you know, well, you know, Jesus is nobody. Are you kidding Half of these people sitting here playing around in church. You've been in church long enough to know God has done very amazing things and win some things with you. But we have got to stop. So I'm doing a teaching on the apocalypse of the apocalyptic of the children of God. We have a behavior. We have a character. We have signs. We have signatures. And not just signs and ones. Can we first be signs? So let's look at this. It means saying. How about this? The apocalypse is the unveiling of God's offspring. Satan doesn't need an apocalypse. You've been cataclysmic since you've been in the planet. When we came, when God came back to renovate the place, you were in cataclysm. You were in the water, in the vacuum. So what do you need it for? That's why I know what's up. He didn't need it. I mean, you're talking about, wow, the apocalypse is coming. Are you kidding? How many planets, how many planets have died? How many nations are gone? How many species are gone? That's already, if that's the definition, and that's already been happening. We are here to be the salvation, to reverse the curse, to turn it around, to intervene for humanity, to intervene for nature, to intervene for the, the various animal kingdoms. That's what we do. And so, because this is what they're talking about, already been, how many times they said, we have had natural disasters, we have had media showers, we didn't have all of that. Now, maybe not worldwide, but we had it, and we don't know if it was worldwide or not anyhow. Who was keeping records if it took everybody out? We had the flood, that was worldwide. Somehow or another, we, we remember that. Thank God for Noah. Apocalypse quicken. <laughs> Thanks alone for Brother Noah. Apocalypse quicken. They incite you. They release. We are to release the powers of the age to come. 
We are the carriers of the eternity in the now. That's us. We are, that's what you got when you said, when you received the Lord Jesus and you got your born again spirit, your new heart, and the Holy Ghost came to be resident in you. The fact that the Holy Spirit is resident in us, we've been playing with that thing, tells us we are apocalyptic because it is up to the Holy Spirit to make all of this happen. Let's go down here. I'm going to go to, uh, okay, we open. You know, Jesus said what? I have, I have the kid of David. I open and no one shuts, and I shut and no one opens. We excel. No matter how superior they feel, when God begins to unsheath us, because that's another word for apocalyptic, when he begins to unsheath us, that means get us out of this mortal incognito flesh and put on who we really are or give us the power to push out, we're going to, everybody's going to finally understand how to define excellence. Apocalyptic conceal. You know, what, what God did when he created Adam and Eve is that he concealed evil. But Satan wanted it to be unsealed. And, and, and we talked about it being unsealed. It shelters. I thought you'd like this one. It lays bare. We talked about bare, which means we are the embodiment of God's record, God's witness, his testimonies, his judgments. His vision, his heart, his soul, his plan. The Holy Spirit reveals it to us in the measure in which we respect it and, and, and regard it. And so we can go up here and we can say they anchor, apocalyptic anchors. When we, as the children of God, begin to step forward, the destabilization of the planet or the instability of the planet will stop. We revive. What do we revive in righteousness? The landmarks. It's all there in Scripture, but we were so busy reading books about the Bible and then reading books about people's Bible experience and Christian experience and their devotionals and their testimony. We did not read the testimony of Jesus Christ. In my book, I have a whole section on why and how Jesus' testimony, the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. So you all are going to want that book. Yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so apocalypse are, are what's buried under the world, but everything is about us. We are the salvation. That's why he calls us the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We are, and we just handed it off to our friends. You know, my kids used to bring home their little friends and give all that stuff I bought them to. I gave it to my friends. No. No. You know, well, come on, we can eat. No, I was there. You gave your friend my what? <laughs> we act like that with God. We keep giving our, our, our friends who will be saved that God has put us in their lives to save them. We give them all of the goods before they earn it. And we make them legacy heirs, and they haven't become even offspring. Apocalypse is about saving, rescuing, and manifesting. Apocalyptics are not just about prayer. We just don't shout at the sky. There is something in it that's going to come. And as we, we do these classes and continue to press forward in these classes, that something is going to awaken. And when it starts awakening, it's going to breathe. And it's going to keep breathing until it becomes the brain. Apocalyptic publicizing, and they are biotic. There is a biological thing that happens. Remember, 
we once did not have an Israel, and then we got an Abraham. And Abraham birth, uh, uh, begot Isaac, and that's the person. Prophecy, that's the person, and it changed the world. Abraham's war with the five nations changed all that time, all that era, and he became the heir of the world. Apocalyptic disclosed. Apocalyptic unseat. <clears throat> Apocalyptic reinstitute. And we evidence prophecy. We have a section in my in my uh, in one of my classes called Apostolic Prophetic Bible Education, and we talk about apocalyptic prophecy. And then last, almost next to last. Um, Apocalypse raises, we raised the bar. When Christianity took over, it raised the bar. Satan didn't, he, he, he couldn't stand the height. His children had, you know, I'm sorry, air sickness, so they had to drop the bar. So now we got nastiness all around. Little kids cussing you out in the street. Little kids, you don't even know what the words mean. We got kids fornicating uh, and sleeping with each other and all of that. Why? Because, see, as long as the bar is raised, his, his following, his demons have no place to live. They're the vagabonds in the earth. That's why God called them a vagabond. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I want to go to the last two. I think it's two. We stabilize, apocalyptic stabilize, and we unclothe righteousness. We unclothe the truth because right now the truth is clouded. It's hidden. People are, you know, lie after lie. You got all of these people running around. Anybody running around a Buddhist church trying to convert them? What are you doing in our church? Because we're not, because you're not with the elect. Because the elect knows God's adversary. You know, kids know their parents' enemy. My mommy doesn't like you. My daddy said he don't get you. And they will tell it all loud. <laughs> you trying to be cordial and civil? But, you, but your, kids, your kids know who you like and who you don't like. And yet we are the children of God, offering of God, and we don't care about what he likes and doesn't like. We let his enemy come in and then give, give, give them our stuff, his stuff. We give our daughters to him. We give our sons to them. Last one, and I really like this one here. I hope you all can see it. Apocalypse cellulite. I did not realize that when you start part of <clears throat> One of the definitions in apocalypse has to do with cells because they occupy a space in God's creation, the prophetic piece of it. See, because prophecy breeds cells. That's why it's genetic. Surely, Sarah, this time next year, you're going to have a son. <laughs> now, why'd you laugh? No, I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. I wouldn't laugh to you, Lord. I <laughs> oh, yeah, but you did laugh. He said, but nine months from today, my word speaking to your barren woman will give me a child. That man calls you. Come on, team. Come on, team. We got time for a couple of questions. You know, the longer they get, the bigger they make it. You have to grab her something, or she's going to get it for you. Yeah. The more we, more stuff we put up here, the law of humans. 
said, the more, you know, can you fit in? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm up behind my own son. Can you make it? Yeah, I know. Because we don't have the spinners. You all can bring the spinners back if you want. Not so much. Okay. <laughs> Not so much. Uh, well, uh, uh, Missy Nam, it's going to be you. You get to start. Okay. Uh, okay. I want to go back to Bear and Bear. I love that. Um, here. Oh, did you want to? Oh, okay. I love that. Uh, just exposing that, that we have to, you said one thing, that bearing is getting it out to the public after you have learned it, that that's our responsibility. Um, bearing also the revelators that just closer, bearing that you've been brought to a secret place. Do you think that that is going to be the real mark, especially when we come out of this reset, the mark, because we talk about that line in the sand, the mark between those who are really appointed, uh, those who have just been running on charismata, that might even tie into the two types of people, the, the people who are just in the body, you said, and the people who are chosen. So is that one of the marks, so essentially what we're able to bear? Well, I think messages are going to be better. I think that God is speaking to his people while they are yet underground. Mm -hmm. And he's speaking to leaders. Not every leader wanted to be off base or wanted to just be off point. But when, when things become popular and, they, and, and more and more people do it, it's, that's when you find out the, the fiber of your backbone. Because there are some people that I don't, care. That is not the Lord. We're not doing that here. We've got a lot of pastors who said, no, we're not, I don't care. We're not doing that here. Now, you want to go someplace else, then you go someplace else. I've had, I've known pastors who have uh, very wealthy people decide to bring their money in and to buy them out of Christ and buy them, get them the Jesus buy package. I mean, um, a certain buy package, getting them out of Christ. You know what they said? Like, like Peter, your money perish with you. A real apostle going to know a devil, and they're going to know devil money is not the same money. God's money comes and it adds no sorrow to it. Devil money comes with strength. So we're going to see a lot of pastors who are going to get a reset in their souls. Because there's going to be a lot of soul-logical resets. And so they're going to get a reset in their soul, and they're going to care about Jesus again. Some of them have been crying for God to just, just tell me how, tell me what. So don't get it in your mind that our, you know, because, again, we, we do baby land processes, you know. <laughs> don't get it in your mind that I'm somehow against pastors or I'm against church. I'm just telling you what life is and how the sovereign is handling life. But not every pastor wants to sell out. Not every leader wants to sell out. Not even every big church shepherd. But if, if it's enough of them for God to have found a prophet. So when we come back, we're going to come back with enough message. If he is bringing up apocalyptic, that means he's bringing up apostles and prophets. Yeah. Because, we, come on, the enemy knows evangelical message so well, they joke about it. They give you classes on the Internet. The enemy is playing a lot of half of the stuff that they're doing. They got from watching up for years. That's how they decided we can have a church. We can have mindfulness. We can have this. We can teach the Bible. We can do this because they don't care about it anyhow. We gave them the inheritance, and we gave them our legacy and never required them to 
turned to Jesus Christ. We actually made them enemies of our God. So we ultimately we ultimately may see a stronger believer coming out of this, the, a stronger Christian, yeah. a stronger model. Is where it, as it's being exposed, the weaknesses that we had. Is mm-hmm. that kind of what you're saying? I think that's really powerful. Because you, you had mentioned even before, uh, a couple weeks ago, um, just, you know, what was our expectation in terms of God and the shaking that was happening. So ultimately, are you saying that we're, we may see, uh, of course, a refining that's happening, a purifying, a cleansing of God, cleaning out, so we may arise stronger yes. on the outside of it. Well, you know, I said it, and, and I think we are seeing it, because by, at least by the comments I'm getting online, people are like, wow, and I didn't know, and our numbers are going through for the roof, of basically, just because people are saying, I now know, because they're home, they're not in church now. They don't have to do the rehearsals and all of those things that keep us too busy for God. They've got a, quite a bit of time to sit down and listen to God, and clearly they're hungry for it because they're chasing it. So I, I know we're going to get better because they're going to get away from their pastors, one or two messages. They're going to get away from the pastors who are mandated by the wealthy folks in the church. Don't you preach that? See, now Jesus can preach to them at home, alone. <laughs> Don't you preach that? Don't you say that? God's like, no, no. So they're being separated even from their congregational support system. And they have to lean on the Lord. And so as a result, you know, God is taking them back to his word. I think we're going to see a different Christian. I think that we're going to see, and mostly we're going to see the elect, because the elect is going to stand up and get armed, get equipped and informed, so that they can help God win his family back, bring him, move them back to the fold. So, yeah, I think your question is a great question. I know that the Bible says sanctify them by their by his truth, Jesus asked his father to do that. Sanctify them, Father, by your truth. Your truth, your word is truth. And then Peter, uh, excuse me, Paul says in Hebrew, desire to conceal milk of the word that you can grow thereby. I believe some of you all have grown just leaves over the last several weeks or so. Not just with me. There are other people there. What I'm giving you, though, so you don't fall back into the stuff, is I'm giving you what I know and I can verify as the the word of faith, because we thought you, you thought you had a word of faith, and then the word you had made you faithless to God and faithful to sin, or faithful to your world, to your friends. So now we're talking about let's get back to the word of faith, not just the, the three passages of Scripture. They already had about 11 um, verses that they ever gave us that I remember, you know? And so here we got 66 books of the Bible, and you're calling that faith. And, and what gives me they argue with you. I'm like, but you only quote three scriptures, no matter what. You quote three. What are you doing with the rest of them? Now God is making you get into it and to get into his word. And the more you get into the word, the more you get into your Savior who's waiting for you. He said, I'm, I miss you, and I'm waiting for you. Just And the old school song. I miss my time with you. I know. Oh, we're going to get a lot of old school songs in about minutes. Not so much. Not so much. our experience with him. When you stand the new creation spirit streams God's mind through yours. And how our salvation is not just adding church to what you normally do. But, which is also what was addressed even Tuesday in the proper circle, but 
changing who you are. And uh, that's a whole other piece to it. I mean, that, you know, I think the new creation spirit is right up there with the Holy Spirit and those other things in our salvation that many times we just kind of skip over, like we mention, but keep moving because we're not really sure what is the whole purpose beyond the shallow things that we may have heard in ministry or in our church or, um, you know, just they, hi, you Christian, yeah, yeah. <laughs> new creation, new oh, we got about Yes, we do, and that's all. And no real revelation of what it is. And so having that come forth in this is very refreshing, enlightening, and always surprising. And then when you said we are superior to AI, you know, if we're super, if they're super, we're supreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the power of God unto salvation. When you think about the real power in what what we have in Jesus Christ, if we can just tap in in our mind, the rest is there. But because we don't have faith in that, we have faith in the agendas. We have faith in what we see. We have faith in how much money Bill Gates has and what that could really do to us. And so we haven't tapped in even in our own faith and our own understanding and belief to think that it is a reality. That the power that we have on the greater is he that is in us. I mean, we, we say it. And we just say it. And it's really effective in praise and worship. And it's great in the message. But when it comes time to walking it out in the earth, that's when we have to open up our eyes to see, wow, God has made each and every one of us his own power. Well, you taught, you taught yourself the Holy Spirit is a power pack. And how when he powers up in us, if we would just take this word of God out of the realm of a Bible story yeah. and, and turn it into an actual account yeah. of what God has always done in flesh, if we would only believe, if we would only believe what we will really do in this planet for the Lord. Goodness, you've given me so much. That was just when that truth. Boy, these two. I just love it, you know. <laughs> but let me tell you this. The first thing is that, you know, I believe it's John that said that if people will not even grasp the power that's at work in us. This thing is working now. It's not working when we're dead. But the belief, I looked at the word belief, and you know that word belief, uh, um, what is it? Um, B-L-E-I-B-E, uh, whatever. I no, belief. A belief, B-L-I-E-F. That word, belief, is life. It's life. So when you really say you believe, you alter your life. And so you, and you discover the how to conform your life and how to live, how to express, operate. Not just express, because we express well. We don't operate. See, the thing is, we don't operate like God. We express and we love him dearly, but we don't because we've been taught by, taught out of the, by the Christian institution. We've been taught out of it. Well, only God is God. Why was, why were they mad with Jesus? Because he said he's the son of God. And they had to get on a cross because he was, he told his identity. I mean, come on. And so, and we're still there, but it's a lot more of us today. Right. So that's number one. Number two, Jesus is powerful. This man, nobody is doing what he does. You know, I, I watched a little video where this little Asian guy said, I walk on water, too. And so he had a little teeth on, on a nice little pretty day. 
and he just and he didn't walk. He fly. He ran real quick, quick. And so he did. I watched him. I said, "Well, that's not walking on water. That is running across a little body." And so and and where was the storm? I need to know the storm, the winds and the rain and waves and coming. Now we walking on water. And so, but Jesus is powerful. Oh, he's doing that. But here's the answer, and I want you to hear me. Please hear me. The answer is not even that you don't want to. The answer is nobody has shown us, taken up to show us how to actionize it. We don't know what it looks like in action. So we, 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 many of us are dreaming, and God said, well, you'll watch some of those movies and God said, because, you know, the Lord is this bold. He just, he just gone. He'll say, you know, you can do that. Really? Huh? And then you start looking for some sort of video thing that you can record yourself pretending, not knowing that it's us. But but in the days to come, you know. Okay. In the days to come, God has people, and I don't mean fakery. You know, He God has people where we're going to do things that the, even the media cannot edit out and edit around. That's go. He 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 said because I'm sending my witnesses into the earth. You are my witnesses, says God, that I am God. And God, that, but if we don't, if we don't really fall in love with this thing called apocalyptic, we are the trigger. We're the cipher. We're the catalyst. We're the comforter. We're the as He is. It didn't say as He was. Ah, don't worry. Come on now. I have to hit back. Hit back. Where I got something? I'm like hit back. So let me get something. There we go. All right. As He is, so are. That's perfect. That means in John's day, it worked and it was true. And in our day, it's the same thing. As he is, so are we in this world. Not as he was as Jesus of Nazareth who was born of a virgin who had to die. He, he got rid of that. He, when he came back from his death, he said, I have the key. Oh, I love this man. God, I love this man. He shook upon Jesus. Woo, Jesus, hallelujah. He said, I have the key of what? Hell. Satan can't send you there unless I let him. Hallelujah. And uh, he can't, he can kill your body, but he cannot kill your soul. Thank you, Jesus. This man came back and he took that what he said for the strong man that just a palace. And when you do, you take all of his weapons. He took everything from him. That he could, that he used to destroy humanity. Why do you think we're in something as silly as this here thing right now? Why are we sitting here fighting with a virus that still has has to make a name for itself? Everybody keep naming. They hoping it'll make a name for itself. Who don't? What? What is the tip? I keep saying. I'm saying this, and I'm gonna end up. The Holy Ghost of God needs us to stand up and become one and push on this principality. What humans do is what humans do, but they get their strength from spirits. They get their strength from devils or the Holy Ghost. We are the supreme ones of the Holy Ghost. You know, I talk to my, my I got the angelic team, and they take care of me. They told me they're going to do it, and I let them. And so I call them, I said, hey, team supreme. I call them team supreme. And they take care of us, and they are fearless beings. They're like, no joke. And so I'm telling you that this prince is a prince in the air. And the minute you all come together and pull 
Because, because I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm you. See, we, they are quoting this stuff. They're quoting it all the time. We're not. We turn around and we've got two technology giants, moguls, telling us we've got to take a vaccine. How do y'all know? Because they put something in it. They, and they outed themselves when they said it. They should have been quiet, but they didn't. They outed themselves because there's no way you can tell me that without being a doctor, a medical doctor, a researcher, or something like that, you are a part of that. And I'm telling you because the Holy Ghost told me, you do what you need to do. You follow the God you serve, and you do it your way. But he told me three times, woke me up in the morning, he said, don't you take that vaccine. He said, I said, okay, don't you take that vaccine. He said, he said I mean it, Paula, don't take that vaccine. And he told me why. And I said, but God, you know, he said because they put something in it that's uh, carcinogenic. Whether they know it or not is another thought. And he said it will make people sick. Now, that's what he told me. Now, you can go and say, yeah, well, you know, you're a religious fanatic. Call me a religious fanatic, and I'm going to be here when the best of y'all know. Again. I'm going to tell you. Again, because, because God told me. He said, I'm telling you, he forbade me, me, Paula and Price. So y'all don't get on there and say, but she told the people, and I said, I'm telling my testimony. I can testify. I said, I'm supposed to testify. When I'm supposed to testify, I'm testifying. But I'm telling you, he told me, don't you do it. He said it three times. That's one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. And I said, whenever God tells me something three times, that means that thing is in place. It's not going to be. It's in place. And so now he tells me this four days before we get this um, our, our beloved internet giant, Microsoft giant, to tell us everybody has to stay in the house until they take the vaccine. Who are you? When did you become a political authority, a political or a governmental official? Why? How is it that he has the power to say that? How can he say that? How can he tell our government that? Because he has bought and pay a lot of money for people to let them have their say. But I'm telling you, God told me, you can do what you want to do. Please follow your conscience, follow your God, follow whatever it is you follow. But he told me, and he showed me a picture of a man who took it and how he looked when this thing blew up on him. And, he was, and it broke out all over his face. And he had these horrible things on his face. And I said, Jesus, he said, I'm telling you, so he wants me to stay around. So I'm be around. Thank you. I, I, I'm telling you, when you're going to tell me that you, you go from making codes, bits and bytes, dots and carrying on to telling me that you understand chemistry and you understand biology and all of those things, biochemistry and all, you understand that well enough to say that you're going to keep us on lockdown until you, what? That is hype. That is abduction. That's hijacked. That is horrible for somebody to do that. So you will say that, and you still haven't proved that this is any more than a sneeze and a cough. You haven't told us how many people got healed. You haven't told us how, how young they are. You haven't given us any real stats. And then you're going to stand up there? What? Over 300,000 recovered. And yet we can't get out? No. I want to know why the technology people are mandating this. 
I want to know. That's what I want to know. Your technology people, I, I use your stuff. I like your stuff, by the way. Good job. You set up. That's great. Stay right there. And but they have left their lane. Why? And that's what I, and when he said it, I'm looking like that. I don't care. I know what God told me. He said, don't take it. That's what he told me. He told me three times. Now, I haven't even told my sheep. Did I tell you all not to take? Because that's everybody. You got to hear God for yourself. You have to hear God for yourself. But I know, you know, I walk with God all the time. I said, hi in the Lord. I mean, he's a honey. You start telling somebody they they your honey all the time. You better know you don't get some inside information. And I did. Hey, did you want so please? All right. It's time to sow. We know we need to sow on that word. And listen, I'm also going to tell you to hit this replay afterwards. So after you share this, go back, catch this replay. There were so many good things. You can hit that replay so you can hear this again and then share it with a friend or two. It's time to sow. Rachel's put on me a screen for you guys who are watching us on Facebook, the different ways that you can sow today. If you are a Cash App user, we want you to sow to uh, Cash App with the handle Dr. Paula Price with no spaces, of course, and then PayPal.me slash Dr. Paula Price. If you're going to use a credit or debit card today and you don't want to use PayPal or Cash App but you want to sow a seed, you can do it very easily through text to give. So I'm going to give you that number. It's going to be area code 918-203-6625. Just text the amount that you'd like to give to that phone number, and it's going to text you a message back and let you know how you can complete your gift today. Listen, we thank you all who are faithful Paul Price Show supporters. We just thank you so much. And for those of you who have been watching with us and you say, I just want to actually support this all the time, then you can become a patron of the program and visit us online at takingiton.com, takingiton.com, so that you can be a supporter of the Paul Price Show. So please visit us in those places and show your gift today because it means so much to us. I thank you for listening. Hey, guys, I'm praying for you. You pray for me. But I told you before, God said he's rooting out the truth. I don't care how many big giants they bring out, how many successful people, elites, world powers. I'm telling you, he who sits high and looks low, God's spirit is in everything. Holy Ghost in these things. And he's going to root it out. So you comply to your, to your limits. You comply, because I'm not here to tell you not to comply to your limits. But I am telling you, heaven has spoken, and he has told me, Paula, they put something in it. He said, and it, it's, he said, and it's a cancer-causing agent. He said, they may not see it right away. He said, but they will see it, and he showed me how it shows up. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty good. So you can do what you want to do. You can listen to them. But I'm telling you what the Holy Ghost said. And I'm telling you that I haven't said it. I never told you all this. I didn't tell my folks. Not, I didn't even tell you what it was. He told me. And he didn't tell me while I was half asleep and rocking. We were sitting talking like we did. And he, he, he began to run the, the, the pictures, the, the real. Because, you know, God has a real. His real because this is all done. Remember, Jesus came back in time to save us. So this is all done in God. So we'll talk about it again. We'll visit it again on Sunday, and we'll keep talking about the apocalypse of the children of God. I love you. Thank you for supporting me and backing me. Share, 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 and we'll see you soon.